Welcome to the Exit Insights podcast. Today I've got some special guests. I've got Andy and Matt from Pennard Vets. Now, they, these guys have sold their business out to an EOT, Employee Ownership Trust. So I thought I'd bring them on something a bit different to share their experiences and how everything went. Guys, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Great. Hey, I'm wondering if there's a way to get started, if you can give us a bit of background around the, the, the practice, the, the business, uh, and, and leading up to before you uh, decided to go down the EOT route, just so we've got some context. No problem. Um, that, that'll be me then. Uh, so we're, we're, we're a really, int- well, we think we're an interesting business. Uh, we've been here 125 years and counting. Uh, when the business was first set up as a single site here in our main site in, uh, in Seven Oaks down in Kent. Uh, over the years, that's been added to, and we, we're now at six sites. Um, we've, we've gone from four to six sites in the last five years, uh, and it's a mixture of uh, large uh, multidisciplinary uh, sites where we have consulting, we have surgery, we have hospital facilities, we have uh, our x-ray uh, facilities, all the whistles and bells you'd expect from, from a, a sort of high-end vets. And we've also got a number of small single-person branches, which are more like your kind of human GP surgery, if you like. You go along for, for a consultation, see the vet. If, if your pet needs anything more done to it, then they come to the main site. So structure-wise, that's, uh, that's a, a sort of quick overview of what, what we're like. We also run our own emergency service, which means we provide round-the-clock care 24-7, 365, which is relatively unusual for for practices uh, these days. Most practices outsource that, uh, but we keep that in-house. So we have a comprehensive service and and structure there, and we've always been focused on uh, growth, on development, on innovation, uh, always looking to to see what the, the the next progression we can make is. We don't like sort of sitting sitting still and resting on our laurels because uh, if you're not if you're not going forwards, you're going backwards. Yeah, one of my colleagues used to say, "If you're not growing, you're going." So same. That's same true. Story. So 125 years. I'm guessing you guys uh, aren't the founders. <laughs> we've aged really well. I can tell you. Yeah. So we've we've been here. Um, from uh, from between like nine, uh, 99 through till about 2004 or 2003, that's half a period of time. So um, each of the three of us have had, um, have been employed with the practice that length of time. And indeed, Andy and Caroline have got a longer history as, um, you know, students in practice um, with the, the, the practice when they were uh, at school. Okay. And how, how did you guys come to being the owners of the, of the practice? So it was the traditional kind of model as the um, vets, you know, develop and, and uh, you know, grow up through the practice, then there was the offer of, you know, uh, partnership or ownership at that point. Um, so that traditional James Hayrick kind of model. And I think we just caught the end of us, as it were. Um, it's, it's a model which isn't really so fit for purpose nowadays. Um, so um, we were, we, we came in in like 2007 onwards um, into the, into uh the leadership team at that point okay so 2007 you know traditional partnership model you guys have been building it growing it developing it since 2007 with your know, innovation and and best practice you've expanded uh, the number of sites and at some point you start to think about hey we need to look at the the transfer of leadership 
how did that conversation start? How long have we got, really? I mean, <laughs> and it's one of those conversations that we could we could we could do like two minutes on or a day on. I think I think one of the key things with this, because we've been around for such a long time, um, there's been a sort of generational handover, if you like, every generation of, of vets coming through. And we are the latest generation to have taken on the reins of the practice and the, that mantle of ownership and leadership from the previous generation who we learned from and who we, we in part were mentored by and, 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 and certainly took a lot from their experience. Uh, now, that then meant the question for us then becomes, well, what's our legacy? Because when you start anything, you start in anything, it tends to be about what can I get? What can I learn? You're absorbing knowledge, you're absorbing information and experience. Then you get to a certain point and it then starts to be about what can I give? Yep. You know, what, when I'm no longer here, what will be here? You know, what mark do I leave? And, and you know, we, we very much wanted to make sure that whatever we had set in place and the planned, was going to leave the practice and, and the team, most importantly, in a better place than when we found them. Not to say they weren't in a good place then, but to make it even better. Uh, and as Matt was saying, that, that traditional uh, model of coming up through the ranks and then buying in at a certain point, really with the, the, the value of, of practices these days and with, with the challenge of borrowing you know, those sums of money, really financially it's more or less impossible for, for for someone coming up through the ranks to do that now in a way that's remotely sustainable the challenge then becomes what are your options and realistically up until we decided that we were going to chuck a brick through that particular paradigm yeah. uh it was uh either either that route which really for a practice like ours is no longer a viable route give it away and we know people who've who've basically kind of just given their practice away to somebody because they they've worn down and worn out and they just wanted out, yeah. which is which is a, a crying shame when someone spent their life building that. Absolutely. Or, or a corporate sale. So the veterinary market has seventy. It's now nearer eighty percent of the market is owned by the big corporates. Um, so a lot of venture capital backed. Uh, corporates, um, ones that people might be familiar with, uh, like um, Vets for Pets, um, IVC, uh, Linnaeus, there, there are a number of, Medivet, there are a number of very well-known corporates with hundreds and hundreds of practices. Yeah, and is that uh, just because people can't afford to buy practices anymore because, you know, they've grown over the years and uh, they've, they've come out of the, you know, the price range of, of the practitioners? I think to an extent, yes. Um, and again, it's, it's the market forces to take this to an extent, but equally, it's the fact that with a corporate, their buying power is enormous. And so a lot of the time they can offer us a, a multiple or a sum that is so far beyond the range of anybody else, a private individual buying in, whether they're coming from inside or outside the practice, that you know, when people are realistically are looking at, at well, what's, a, what's my legacy, but also I want to secure my future. You know, nobody can blame someone for, for, for looking at, I've worked so hard all my life, I, I deserve to see the fruits of my labours. For sure. And, and unfortunately for a lot of people, that's meant they've really only had one choice, which is a corporate sale. 
And that's not to say it's not to say that's good or bad. That's just the reality. Um, what we looked at was that for us, we'd seen a lot of practices do that, and then the person who sold not really be happy afterwards because their purpose had gone, and they, they, there was a sort of lingering level of low-level guilt there to an extent. Um, and I think from being a caring profession, that's that's understandable. But equally, we'd seen challenges for the teams in the practices to an extent losing a certain amount of their identity and their culture because rather than being sort of small unique uh we are x you know so and so vets and, and that's our identity if they're subsumed into a bigger bigger entity however benign that entity is there can be a loss of identity and a loss of purpose there um so there's a kind of drip 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 of that and and maybe some of the the more ambitious or the better performers actually deciding they want don't know that no I want to work for an independent bet that's part of my identity so it was, a, it was a really tricky piece that so we looked at it and said there has to be another way this cannot be the only option open to people uh, and you know this is this is not credit to me this is absolutely credit to, to Matt and Caroline our, our other director um, for actually finding the employee ownership opportunity and route there and i'm going to hand to matt to talk about this now okay so uh we felt it's the right thing to do um we were asking around the profession and and the, the advisors if you like within the profession and ex, you know external professionals and there didn't seem to be any real information forthcoming if you like we were told it wasn't possible to do these things or to you can't gift the shares to people we we, we felt some type of employee ownership structure was the right way to go forward for all the things Andy had said. Um, and in the end, we just turned to Google and said, well, we thought to ourselves, well, John Lewis is there, so let's just Google it and find out how it works. And then we came across the um, the EOA um, and and went to a conference and went from there. Um, the, the learning journey was quite interesting um, through the whole process. And um, I, we hadn't heard of any other betting practices at that point who were... Um, who have an EOT structure, um, but there are indeed three other ones and they've been around for quite some time. And I think their circumstances, how they became EOT is slightly slightly different to ours, um, where they were perhaps exiting partners or um, I think one's a startup as well, which is, which is actually interesting as well. Um, so from our point of view, having a, a reasonable size practice, um, mid-career, leaders if you like um, we're not going to be retiring anytime time soon um, and then choosing to sell it into an EOT um, which I think was a fairly unique kind of position within within the industry. Okay so you've you went to Google you know you absolutely believe there's got to be another way yeah did the most obvious solution went to Google <clears throat> found the yeah. The, the EOA, the association. So I spoke to Deb Oxley in, uh, last week. So uh, that's an interesting connection there. Oh, that's interesting. And you started learning about you know, the employee owned options. And yeah. so what are the other options you considered? You went, ended up with an EOT route. What are some of the other options you looked at and ruled out and why? So the, to, to be honest with you, the other options we thought about were, I mean, we, so, so we had thought about those other kind of mechanisms with EMI shares and all the rest of it, and that they were just not for us for, for various different reasons. And the OT was the best structure 
yep. um, that way for us. Um, in terms of yeah, so there's other options where we're a sale to trade to the to the consolidators, um, consolidators, um, and that that um, pre-existing James Herrick kind of model um, was. I mean, you know, even if the same multiples have been paid, we'd grown the business by by um, by two times or by 100 percent at that point, actually. So, I mean, the and for us to raise money in those days, um, pre 2008, if you like, um, it's just a different situation nowadays. And I think for some people as well, attitude to debt, attitude, attitude to debt as well has changed. Um, whereas it was more standard in those days for to put your house on the line and you know everything else. That was kind of what you did, and there was no question about it. But I think um, perhaps some attitudes for some people have changed, and they um, prefer not to take on that kind of um, burden. Sometimes, perhaps. Yeah. And yeah, interesting because I guess the the students or the the younger generation already have got a whole lot of debt from their their education. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So the millennial or the generational change is a better way to put it, and their different attitudes. So employee ownership is a good option. So we've down the EOT route now. The EOT structure is um, yeah, how much? What percentage of the business did you put into the EOT? Okay, so. Um... Previously, Andy, Caroline, and I were all at parity, so we all owned a third of the company each. Um, and we decided to sell 70% of the uh, of the total amount of shares into the AT. So the AT holds 70%, and we retain 10% each. Okay. And how did you, you know, how did you approach the idea with the employees? You know, you've come up with the idea we want to go employee ownership. Yeah. Uh, you, might, you had to raise it with the employees. How did that go? What were their, what was their first response? Honestly, um, we, we, we know our team really well. And we have, we have a big team now. Uh, five years ago, we were about 55 people. We're now, we've, uh, last payroll was 100. So, so we've, we've been through a tremendous period of growth there. Um, and, you know, by personality, most of them are, are uh, relatively conservative with a small c you know risk averse caring sudden sudden change is something they need kind of need to get their heads around so what was critical for us when we when we launched it was being really really clear about what it meant for them and what it didn't mean for them uh, fundamentally that that all the risk was being taken by ourselves in doing this because we were trusting them to continue to do the same great job they've been doing for the for the last you know many years going forwards so that this would be a success uh, so a big thing was that, that there was no risk for them uh, it wasn't costing them any money their, their benefits weren't changing this their salary wasn't changing their contracts were, that, that was a huge one no new contracts because um, that sort of thing this is all about trust you know, in any business, trust is the bedrock of high-functioning teams. If you don't have the trust, everything else falls apart. Yeah. We have a, a team with a huge level of trust. We trust them implicitly, and they have high levels of trust in us. And so it was fundamental that everything we did, did and said backed that up. Okay, so, so really, really clear, honest communication about what it meant. The riding message was, it's all change, but no change. Uh, so the day before, uh, 
the the EOT, we all turned up to work and did a great day's work. On the day of the launch, we all turned up and did a great day's work. The day after the launch, we were all going to turn up and do a great day's work. We're all staying. We've all still got skin in the game. We still own our percentage of the company. So this is this is why this is such a different approach from yeah. what typically gets done with EOT, which is it's an exit um, play. Yeah. And the, and again, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But as Matt said, that's not the stage of our careers that we're at. Yeah. This so is I'm, I'm, strategy rather than exit. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. I'm the oldest of the three of us, but I've got plenty of, of fuel left in the tank. You know, what the hell am I going to do? You know, what am I going to? I'm not going to twiddle my thumbs at home. I'll be go mad in about two weeks. So, you know, this this is about now being able to really launch forward in the next phase of the practice, which is incredibly exciting with the employees front and center of that, with the team front and center of that. So the management team stayed the same. And just for clarity, just for, for the listeners, you've got put 70% into the EOT and yeah. you know, you've, you've mentioned to them they're not taking any risk. So there was no funding for the EOT. I'm, I'm taking it. And yeah. the payment for that is that the EOT has effectively incurred the debt and that debt will be paid by you know, the dividends in over the future years. Yeah. yeah. Until yeah. some point that the, the debt is paid off. And then they, you know, through the trust, become the seventy percent owners of the business. Well, they already are seventy yeah. percent owners of the business. Yeah. But, yeah. So yeah, so I mean, we 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 have those loan notes with the business at the moment, and we will draw that money over time. Um, but that's not to say that you know we probably will organise a dividend or something at some point um, before that's paid off, because I think there needs to be some recognition, if you like, yeah. some you know, the, the, it needs to be seen of the. To, be seen to have the benefit if you like so um we'll we'll take a view on that at some point yeah. um and, and make a judgment call as as when the right time is but um we hope it'll be sometime you know um not 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 a long time away yeah that was my very next question so and the other thing is that when you put the eot together you you would have said done some calculations based on our current profits and our growth you know, the, the 70% should be paid back over X amount of years. I would have thought you did some modeling like that. Yeah, how many years was yeah. it, out of curiosity? So we, 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 we actually didn't do how many years it would be um, for, for a couple of reasons. One is we're on a growth um, path at the moment. So that was gonna be hard to predict. Um, and uh, and uh, so, I mean, from our, so from our point of view, we just went, okay, we know we're gonna get it with time. And so we, we, we're, quite, we're quite relaxed about you know when it comes out as long as it's coming out in a, in, a, in a fair and reasonable manner so we actually haven't put a time limit to it because if the practice needs that money to grow yeah and we're daft to take that money out and put it in our own pockets when the practice needs that money so we'll we'll, we'll just use that we'll, we'll just use our judgment with that funding growth and and so it's yeah. a year by year um business strategy yeah. case. okay brilliant so the employees are now in the EOT. They've got some education. You had to explain the, the levels of risk, but um, you know they're now part owners of the organisation. Once they'd learned and and um, you know you know, understood what the EOT was and how it works, what else has changed? Has there been any changes in the culture, in their attitude, in in perhaps their understanding of requirements of running a business and strategies and the financials? Okay, right. So it's it's been a couple of weeks at the moment, and the team itself. I mean, and and I should let Andy answer this, shouldn't I? So the, the team itself has a lot of um, 
what we would call sustaining energy. So they take a lot. Of, it takes a while to think about things and see things percolate and settle down. It's just the nature of the profession. Um, so I think all that is still being absorbed at the moment. And in a way, I mean, and all that will come through. They've got pretty good exposure as it is to data and everything else. So the place was well run beforehand and it remains to be well run, if that makes sense. So all that kind of, um, you know, input decision-making and um, exposure to numbers and everything else, that's already there. And I know, I know those, are, those are things which make an ERT great, but they're also the things which make a normal business great. Absolutely. I, I, I think the other crucial thing is that the overwhelming feedback we had the following day was we're really happy that we're not going to be sold to a corporate. Yeah. That, that f f across the board, across all the sites, when, when we, we spoke to all of them the following day, that was the overriding consistent feedback. Uh, and quite honestly, that was, that was uh, it's a wonderful thing about having done this is that it will stop people asking us regularly, are we going to sell to a corporate? Because, yeah. you know, it, it was a question we got so often, both from outside and inside the team. Um, and, the, and, and from the wider profession as well. So it's, it's lovely to have been able to put that to bed. Uh, it's also a big one for the clients as well, because our clients, a lot of our clients really care about the fact that we're independent. And a lot of them have come to us from practices that have been previously been taken over um, uh, elsewhere. So, you know, it, that identity piece is really, really important. And that, that just really confirmed what we already knew and what we were really confident was the case is that that was the overriding concern for most of them brilliant so um a lot of organizations um when they go employee owned they use that as part of their marketing to promote that the business employee owned is that something that you guys are exploring it's it, it's, it's developing um as, as we speak in, in that respect um it certainly seems we've um, got a lot of attention um we are getting a lot of practices contacting us asking for help and and learning our learning our um, story and understanding our journey um and and that's you know independent practice owners and then as time goes by it'll it'll, it'll filter out but at the moment we've not put any adverts out in the last couple of weeks um for us to be able to go join join an employment practice e equally um as, as far as marketing to clients go for instance then that's all in process at the moment so um, we've already had obviously speaking to you today, which is which is lovely to do. Um, we've we've been front page of the Vet Times, which is you know, one of the, the the periodicals that goes round every week um, to the entire profession. Uh, so we've had a lot of interest and in interviews and, and things like this, and, and that will then roll out into the into the mainstream press as well, um, whether it's newspapers, whether that's radio interviews and, and the like, as well as for the, for the clients too. So it's pretty exciting times at Pinard Vets. Oh, it's, it's, it's really good. It's, it's so exciting. It, it really is. It's, you know, been qualified quite a long time. And, and it, this, this feels like just a whole new adventure to, to be going on. And, and it's exciting to, to just to see the amount of positive uh, feedback we've had from, from the profession and from outside the profession, as well as from inside the practice and just, looking at what the what the future can hold is it's really exciting yeah it feels like it feels like we've just begun okay so 
it's still fairly fresh in your mind from the time. So in, in terms of how long it took. So from the time you first uh, decided that an EOT was a path that you, you decided on, you figured this is the best culturally and commercially for us and where we want to take the business, both for us personally and, and the business as a whole, as a legacy. How long did it take to, I guess, you know, find an advisor and, and implement it and, and you, know, it, you know, get it happening? So we, we, we probably started investigating probably two years ago, mm. I would say. And, and then it wasn't, it was knocking around. Obviously we've had COVID in the middle and that kind of took six months off it. Um, and in reality, once we'd made the decision, it was fortuitous. We met the advisor we did at that time. Um, we, uh, it was a, uh, it was a serendipitous moment, if you like, um, because all the, something wasn't clicking with the advisors we currently spoken to at that point, if that makes sense. Um, so it, it's like all these things, it's the people you know, isn't it? Or the people you meet that, that help you on the journey. Um, so, but, but that said though, I think if we hadn't met that particular person, fate would have presented somebody else. Um, and then, then, then it would have happened just in a slightly different way. Okay. So was that about two years all up? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It has been two years. Yes. Yeah. yeah two years. And, and with the switch of advisors and COVID in between, which which caused some delays. Yeah. Yeah, there was, as, as Matt said, it was a good six months uh, of, of obviously that from the beginning of, of COVID hitting that, that um, things like this had to understandably go in holding pattern as it then becomes about just making sure everything's going right. We're taking care of everybody and, and, and we've got a sustainable model for, for getting through that, that, that period of time so that we could then the last six months get back onto 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 track with it and i i think if there's other other businesses out there so some businesses if then if they're in the right location or so if the right um part of their journey um and maturity like as, as, as a company then it could actually happen quite quickly for them once they make that decision um if their teams are up, up to you know have got good, good communication you know good feedback um, good continuous development, all those types of things, all those, all those, all those good things which make something good, um, that could happen quite quickly. Um, and especially if the leaders are staying on, um, if there's an exit planned and the company's not in the best shape in terms of communication and something else, then I think that's when you need that kind of work in the run-up to an exit if you didn't have the strong leadership remaining. More preparation and, and get the business ready, whereas you already had a lot of that in place. Okay. I, th I think this is a really important point is is that becoming an EOT doesn't magically make a business a brilliant business. Um, it magnifies what the business already is. And, and same way you build a house, you've got to start with the foundations. That's culture, that's teamwork, that's trust, that's communication. That all has to be really, really strong and solid and consistent right the way through every layer and level of the business before you start down that route. Yeah, I'm really glad you made that point. That's that's something really, I think that's critical. You know, we, we see a lot of the stats out there about employee-owned businesses, how they're more productive and, and profitable and what have you. But, you know, it, it's easy to slip into the mistake to think, hey, look, if I just become employee-owned, look what's going to happen. Um, I think what you're suggesting is, you know, you need those good cultures and good business principles and practices in place anyway employee ownership just allows you to leverage those 
To totally. You get rewarded in, in public for what you practice in private. It's, it's what goes on behind the scenes. It's all of that groundwork and that preparation before, you know, you can sort of whip the cover off and go, yay, we're in EOT. Well, that's great. Provided actually when someone looks under the hood, they don't see a mess. You know, you've, you've got to have it solid. Okay. So you're going down. So let me back. You're going through the program of implementing and, and doing what you have to do. What, what are some of the gotchas that come up that uh, are worth uh, highlighting for, for someone who's right at the beginning of their journey and, and, and exploring EOT? You, you need to find people who are aligned to where you want to go from an advisory point of view, because there will always be, and it doesn't matter what's, what field you're in, what sphere you're in, what sector you're in, I guarantee there will be people who say, no, you can't do that. Mm. or they don't share your vision and those that do and yeah. there's no point trying to fight the current mm. and swim upstream find people who are aligned understand your values and your vision and what you're about and mm. your ultimate outcome Good point. and can really get on board and work with that it's so much easier because when we found those people the process accelerated massively. Didn't yeah, it? it did, and 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 that's what I was I was I was I was I was thinking about when um what you're saying is is that you have to know what the outcome is. You have to know your purpose and be strong to that. And actually, in the face of people saying to you, "You can't do this," "You can't do that," understand what you want and actually go. You're a wonderful advisor. You're you're very good at what you're doing, but you need to see it from my point of view or, or whatever. And if there isn't that option there, then you just need to. Be patient. It's a bit like when you make a a, um, a hire, you you, um, you you wait for the right person to come through the door to take them on. You don't actually um, just employ the first person who walks through the door, do you? Just because they're available, um, you've got to hire the right person. So get the right advisor up front. So so what I'm hearing is is even talk to a few who can help you with this, and find someone who's aligned to your vision, your values, your style understands your business and and yeah is aligned to where you want to take it and and then the process because it is a long process where you're working together you know to get this happening will be a whole lot smoother and a whole lot less painful uh, along the way mm. great advice. yeah yeah you and, and and before you even get near the advisor it starts with you've got to be really clear about what your outcome is yeah. not oh i'd like to be an eot well that's lovely what but a first why the why is always the most important bit because that's what gets you through the the sticky times but you've got to be really clear really specific really really specific the more specific you are the, the easier it is to share that and then to know when you're getting there if it's too vague it's not going to work well and it's easier for the advisor as well because they know what they're working with exactly and, and for you guys, so, so your why, if you like, and your, your clarity was we, we didn't want to be consumed by another corporate and, and you know, just have the whole industry go down that route, which is something that you shared with me um, off air as well. But for you, this was a succession plan. So you've, you've retained some equity each. What's the long-term plan or the, the, the rest of the succession plan for, for that? If that's, the exciting uh, thing that is, is, yeah, I, in all honesty, at the moment, as, as Matt said earlier, we're, we're entering another growth phase. And so part of this has involved actually um, putting a, a further um, 
quality hires into our management team to, to produce a, um, a quality of, of senior leadership that's actually designed for where we're looking to get to, which means that we can focus increasingly on the strategy, on the vision, on where we're going. We're, we're guiding the ship, but not spending our time changing light bulbs and you know doing getting too granular in the in the operational side of things because we can have that much more influence when we're we're at that higher level as it were that that more helicopter view and then ensure that what we're doing is we're, we're really focusing on where we're in flow so where we bring the most value to the team and to the practice uh, because that's where we found certainly over the last few years when we've really been gunning along and the accelerator's been on the forum we've been really flying as a, as a, as a team as a both as a director team but also as a leadership and a, and a practice team when we've been maximally in flow and so in terms of, of then people coming through we're always training our teams we're, we're, we're continually growing the next generation of leaders at every level uh, we have a we've had a robust continuous improvement system within the team for years now where we have this amazing brains trust which is which is our team everybody from the weekend catchery assistant through to the most senior management everybody sees things that others don't everybody has ideas that others don't we capture that we have a system and a mechanism to capture that that they run the team owns that Brilliant. so we're always actually leveraging that and, and utilizing that the other thing is you know, we, we're training that leadership team from within as leaders one of our primary responsibilities is to create more leaders yes so we're, we're we're encouraging that responsibility from within the team we're empowering the team because we have a clear vision we have a clear set of values that's clearly understood as long as people are making decisions in alignment with those values and that vision we'll always support them okay you know, if something doesn't work out quite right it's a learning piece Absolutely. So the EOT is phase one, longer term strategy, you guys are going, we're not going anywhere soon. Um, it's kind of an all in strategy, you know, the next phase, we've got a big, big growth phase moving forward. Now, we've now got all hands on deck, everyone's rewarded and aligned to the vision because we, we get, you know, our growth, our benefits are the same for everyone. So we're all on the same page. And at some point in the future, we, we haven't identified what that looks like yet, but there will be a uh, a complete exit, you know, when the timing's right, and and that will include when that the the next layer of management team is is also up to speed and 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 fully ready. So uh, that sounds really exciting, guys. So I've got, I've got one more question, if I may, if you uh, indulge me. So just something to share with with the listeners out there. Um, you've now gone through the process. The EOT is in. It's up and running. You've got a great staff. What's one thing you wish you knew at the beginning of the process that you learned along the way? Oh, good question. That is, that is such a good question, it, isn't it? It, it, it is. Um, in a way, we obviously we went from this feels like the right thing to do, let's explore the idea, to then going, we definitely want to do this and i and and uh almost we hadn't actually written any of that down 
in, in a way we hadn't written the purpose down we hadn't written we hadn't formalized it we all knew it, it we were using the right language we were using some language to each other so you know i wonder if it would have been as um an easier process for us because we would attract them the right people to work with us if we had actually set the intention down at the beginning if that makes sense yeah um, that's a great insight yeah I, th I think the other thing is is go with your gut yeah mm -hmm. so trust you get you gut instinct is there for a reason um that second brain down there it works True. and uh, all the way along it just it felt right didn't it, mm, it and did. there were certainly times where you have your doubts and and you start to you you know your conscious mind messes with you uh your chimp starts to get involved uh and they're all but what if and the, the, the in this and the, the negotiating and then the yeah. catastrophizing starts but all the way along it come back to your gut because at the end of the day you can spend a lot of time messing with yourself in your own head and come back to where you were before so just cut that bit out and i mean don't be ridiculous you it's got to make sense as well but trust your gut yeah that's a great one business owners trust your gut and and write down your vision and your passion and your purpose so that it consolidates your thinking you're really clear and that enables you to enables you to communicate it with everyone in the same way every time i love it Thanks, guys. I really appreciate your time uh, on the Exit Insights podcast today. Thank you very much. That's been a total pleasure. Thank you for having us. Cheers.